Go ahead. What's up, everybody? This is the latest episode of the 1796 Sports Podcast. Got Jim and Ryan with me, as always. Uh, we're going to be recapping some basketball. The basketballs went down with the weirdest tip-off time ever and got the win at, you know, 9 o'clock in the middle of Texas for some reason against NC State. Um, other than the weird kind of timing and event, like, what did y'all think about that game? Ryan, I'll let you start because I usually begin with the stuff, so I'll let you go first this time. I got you, man. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like you said. The, I mean, it's just so weird playing a game in Texas at ten o'clock Eastern with in front of less than three thousand people. But you know, the the Vols were able to get it done. I mean, a lot of times through the game, you know, it was, it was frustrating because it looked like everybody was half asleep, but. Uh, I will say one thing: if if Zakai Ziegler could make that six foot floater, he would be the best player in, in America. He carried the team for most of that. He played thirty nine minutes. I mean, it's by far the best game he's played this year. So I'm I'm very happy that we could win a game without Connect doing much of anything. I think that's a good sign moving forward. Which I don't think Connect scoring two points is going to be the norm at all. So I'm I'm pretty happy with how we performed last night. Yeah, there's actually a, a huge – I want to give a huge shout-out to Jemai Meshack. I think he played yes. absolutely out of his mind for, you know, for what we are used to with him. Uh, always good on defense. But he's hit, he hit a couple great shots. He hit his free throws when he had to. Um, and another one that we got to say, because Zakai, obviously, he played out of his mind. He played pretty much the whole entire game. He had to. Um, but Triple J, man. He's yeah. coming to form, and this whenever he's on the court, I always feel like this team is going to be okay. I mean, between him, Adu, Vescovi, and Ziegler, I mean, you're talking about probably the most veteran team in the country. And yep. it's huge to have, especially when we get to the later months in college basketball. But right now, you could tell in this game, it was Triple J and Zakai were the team. So, Well, that's kind of my takeaway is it's somebody different every game it seems i mean usually it's connect but connect once again you know didn't lead the team in scoring he only had two points and we were fine like it would have been nice it makes the offense a little better it makes the offense a little more fluid um when you have that deep threat with connect but still i mean they made it work i mean triple j isn't incredible at any one thing but he's just a good all-around ball player man like I doubt he'll be a top pick in the NBA, but he's so good at everything. He's just a good guy to have on your team. And the fact that that Ziegler has really been stepping it up, like he did not start off good this year. Uh, he, he played horrendous in Maui. And ever since Maui, we got back from Maui, like he has been incredible. And I'm sure part of that is just getting back to full speed and getting healthy and it's just nice to see, like like you guys both touched on, like Connect was – Connect made no impact. And, you know, you still get a win. You still get a nine-point win over an ACC team. It's not like we were playing, like, Georgia Southern, you know. Like, that's – that's only North Carolina State's third loss. So, I mean, I think you have to come away feeling pretty good about that win, especially with Connect scoring two points. Yeah, especially with former ball DJ Burns looking like prime 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar too. I mean, he was he was dishing and hook. I mean, it was it was insane. He reminded I mean, me of. Um, he kind of reminded me of like Glenn Big Baby Davis from LSU. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I don't remember him being that big. <laughs> big but, uh, bro, he looks like an offensive lineman. Yeah, he should be playing tackle for somebody. But I mean, he he, he was doing great in uh, their other guard, the one who started the game with eleven points, DJ Horn. Dude, he would have miss. Yeah, he was on fire early, and we were able to come through that. I mean, yeah, he cooled down. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of adversity throughout the game, but you know, even with like we we've alluded to already, like you don't have your best effort from a lot of your players, and you're still able to come away with a, a nine point win. So things are things are pretty good for the basketballs r- right now. Well, and another key point that I, I this is the first thing I always look at in the box score after every game. And it's rebounds. Uh, we killed them on the glass. I mean, anytime you can get double digits, like more rebounds than your opponent, you're probably going to win. So that's a that's a really good. You know, Adu didn't have the biggest day scoring, which we can talk about Adu in a minute because um, he did something cool recently. But like triple J, Awaka, <laughs> Awaka came in off the bench and got twelve rebounds. Like <laughs> that's. I know, Jim, we've all talked about it before. Like, a healthy Awaka is a different maker. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times on how how different this team plays when they have a Awaka or a Plavchich. You know, like, when they have someone that could dominate the post and get rebounds and play bully ball in, in the paint, this team is way, way, way different. And I'm not saying Adu can't do that. But, you know, Awaka is, I think, way stronger than Adu. But Adu is better on the offensive end, and he can play defense too. So that's why he's the starter, you know, compared to Awaka. You know. But Awaka, man, another one. Meshack, Awaka, those guys aren't getting talked about enough. Uh, obviously, Triple J and Zakai, you know, did the most. But those two really stepped up. Absolutely. But yep. talking about Adu again, though, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I am going back to the Georgia Southern game. Think about it. If Adu didn't do that, if he didn't have that 27-point game, that game was a lot closer than what people would have been happy with. Yeah. I mean, Adu carried you through that game. I mean, it's like what, what Bryce just said a few minutes ago. It's a different person every time. You can have Adu scoring 27 points one night and four the next, and the – it doesn't really make much of a difference in the win win or loss column. I mean, that's yeah, how... someone someone has to step up because yeah. I mean, you could tell Dalton was a little bit frustrated last night yep. because I mean he did a drive to the basket a couple times where I thought they should have called a foul, but he was trying to get going. He was trying to get to the the free throw line, but the rest weren't having any of it, and uh, that's why him and Ganey too. Man, Ganey's really struggling and. I think it's just a little slump. I think he'll get out of it. But, I mean, Ganey's going to have to step up later in, you know, in the season because Akai can't be playing 40 minutes a game. No. So, especially with coming off that injury, I want him healthy in March because we need Zakai in March. Yep. And, you know, it's kind of – what do you all think about Vescovy so far? Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about it a little bit. And <sighs> – it's kind of not as big of a deal as it would have been last year, obviously, because we have so many other options this year. But 
it, it I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it, it'll it makes it may a little bit nervous because he's just not. I don't know what it is. He just doesn't look like he's playing with the same level of confidence. He he seems like he's like scared to shoot the ball. He like there's so many times where like because he has a quick release, and it's just like he has so many times where he could just shoot the ball, and you know you know, take some shots. It's, it's so different this year. It's where he, he pump fakes, goes to the basket and dishes it out, which is fine. It's completely fine, but it's happening like 80% of the time. Like he barely shoots the ball unless he's wide open. Yeah. Yeah. That seems uh, a lot of times with not just Vescovy. I mean, James hesitates to shoot sometimes. I mean, the it's, it's like sometimes the team is too unselfish. Like, you can put up a shot if you if they trust. Like, you do not have to like go through the whole play. If you're open, shoot it, please. Especially Beskidi, and I, I hope he comes back around to that because he we're we're gonna need him. Well, so we all feel pretty good about the NC State game. Um, the Vols did have another another recent win that we haven't really got to dive into. Um, so we did beat Georgia Southern on Tuesday, pretty pretty handily. Um, not really a whole lot to take away from that, other than the fact that Georgia Southern's absolutely abysmal. I didn't realize that they have not won a game. Um, but a good takeaway from that is Adu is capable of being an absolute monster if he needs to be. Oh yeah, I mean if if Adu's able to uh, my thing is if he plays like that every game i mean you're talking better than the three big men we played other than uh ed he's probably a top three big man if he could do that consistently i mean we know he could rebound we know he could block people but like if he could score 20 points a game that's that's absurd i mean just imagine that come march like if connect is we we all feel good about connect like we know we had a down game but we don't think that's going to be you know, a common occurrence. If you have connect hitting threes and you have triple J doing a little bit of everything, Ziegler being that spark plug and Adu contributing, you know, 10 and 10 or 15 and 10. I mean, I know that's a lot to ask for, but there's just so many ways that this team can win. Yeah. And that's what like leads to success in March is you're not relying on just one type of play to win. Like, you can adjust to whatever is going on and find success. And, and that's how the teams in March do it. I mean, you, you can't just rely on shooting threes or dumping into the post. You have to be versatile in March. Well, and it's also what's different than the team last year because last year, like we talk about, if, if the other team scored 60 points last year, we were going to lose. Yep. And it, we had a very – we had we were good at it, but we had one – game script that we had to, you know, follow last year to, to win against good teams. And this year, I don't really feel like that's the case. I mean, we've seen games where we, we've had games this year where, where we score 90 something to win. And we've had games where we score 60 something to win like this. There's just, I think that that, you know, versatility is just going to do us favors as the season goes on. And I did want to talk about, you know, Ryan, you've mentioned before, before the Georgia Southern game, you mentioned that, you know, you hope that we see Jefferson at some point and, you know, it hasn't happened. 
So what what do y'all think is up with that? Uh, there, there's got to be something going on. Maybe because you know for a fact that Rick Barnes is not playing anybody that's not a, not good on the defensive end, and yep. maybe that's the issue because that's the only issue I could see because I, we should be seeing him by now. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly trust Rick Barnes to play who gives him the best chance to win. And if he's a nothing burger on defense or doesn't know the offense yet, I mean, he can't justify him being on the floor no matter how athletic he is. So, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know everything going on. So I'll just trust Rick Barnes for now. Fair enough. Yeah. Talk about George Southern real quick before we hop to the next topic. But, dude, at, in the first 10 minutes of the game, I was seriously laughing at how bad they were. Because it, it, it felt like we were playing a high school team in the uh, first half. In the first half, I'll say. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the reason the second half was so lackluster. I mean, I mean, the, you saw in the first half that not much effort would, would, would be needed to win that game, which, you know, I don't it, – it's bound to happen every once in a while that you overlook somebody or see that they're not that good and take your foot off the gas a little bit. But, you know. I don't blame him after seeing him in the first two minutes or the, the first half, like like you just said. I mean, that that's one of the worst teams to ever set foot in Thompson Bowling Arena slash Food City Center. <laughs> I'll never call it that. No, that 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 is not sticking. Like, I'm glad they just put the emblem on it and didn't like put that name over Thompson Bowling Arena. Yeah, they said I, they knew the backlash they would get. Yeah. But, whatever whatever Danny can do to break in more bucks. Okay. Oh, my God. Can we talk about that, please? Oh, why? And it needs to happen. I know it's probably never not going to happen this year. But Danny needs to do something about the student section. Yeah. Oh, it needs to happen. I mean, you, you have old people who just sit there, don't cheer, don't clap, don't even stand in the view of the, the TV angle. Meanwhile, the students are separated. On behind the baskets. I mean, that, that's just silly. Yeah, no, they they need to make it like Auburn, bro. That's I, I picked Auburn to win today because they were home. Because when you go to that arena, the students are on top of you, and it, it's a huge factor for college basketball. Same thing with Duke. You see Duke's crowd, man. When Duke is has a big game at home, those that crowd is nuts, and. Yeah. It's a huge, like when you're playing big teams, it's big, big, big to have. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is something that probably, like you said, I doubt it'll happen in the middle of a season, but it's definitely something that at this point it needs to be looked into this off season, um, for sure. And so we're kind of getting to the point where we have, I think we only have one more game until – until conference play, right? We got to play Tarleton State on Thursday. So uh, I think is it that close? No, because we got to play. Uh, yeah, no, we have two games, two more games. Okay, yep. Because we have we have the Tarleton State on Thursday, and then we wait till January second uh, to play Norfolk. Nor- Norfolk, I can't even say their name, but yeah. uh, Norfolk State. And then, then it's conference play. We play Ole Miss, and Ole Miss, man, I'm people are sleeping on them. Uh, 
they beat I'm pretty sure they beat NC State, right? To they killed like 30. Them, yeah. yeah. Uh and a lot of people were talking about that. And I just don't basketball's so different. A team could be terrible against one team and just completely different in the other. But then they play NC State at home. Let's let me see. I'm pulling it up right I'm now. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, uh yeah. yeah yeah oh so they beat them by twenty at home, if yeah. if NC State came to um, TBA I mean it's gonna it would have been a different ball game. Oh yeah I mean we beat NC State by nine at at a neutral site I mean I think that's at you know I think that's pretty pretty similar, um, but yeah I think at the beginning of the season we probably didn't give Ole Miss the credit I'm I'm actually I'm positive we didn't. We didn't think they'd be this, you know, good so far, but we'll see how they do once conference play starts. Yeah, and again, that game has to be wild. You have to have an insane crowd, and it's it's going to have to be crazy because Ole Miss will probably be undefeated coming into that game. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter how bad or good your schedule is if you're undefeated. You're 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 not going to be a pushover. Yeah, really. no, and. And it'll be huge for Tennessee to grab that first win off a of con- in the conference schedule. Uh, it gives you a whole lot of momentum going into the next couple games because, I mean, after that, I mean, you play M- uh, Mississippi State and then Georgia and Florida. Those teams aren't that great, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, you have a chance to stack some wins early in conference play if you can start off on on the right foot. I mean that that could it's getting close to being a top ten matchup if, if Ole Miss ends up undefeated. I don't know how they're not ranked. I, I don't it's like it's like I just said, I mean if you're undefeated there's a reason. Yeah. Like, they don't just roll the ball out there and decide you're better just based well, on now the, I'm looking at it and uh, they really haven't played anybody. <laughs> the well, only they, team that like was worth a damn that they really beat was Memphis and they won they beat them by three and then they beat UCF by two. Uh so no, they really haven't played anybody. They played – this is the teams they played. Eastern Washington, Detroit Mercy, Sam Houston, Temple, NC State, Memphis, Mount St. Mary's, UCF, and Cal. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's not a murderer's row by any means, but – And they don't play that, anybody until they play us. But they are – I mean, they're winning the games that, that, that they should win, though. So, do you all want to talk about the Lady Vols real quick? They I haven't uh, even really kept up with them the past week. They haven't yeah. played in the past week. So the last time they played was Sunday. Um, I think we did talk, touch on that a little bit, though. They they beat, you know, Eastern Kentucky by the skin of their teeth. And then. Oh, yeah. And they, they took it as like a winning the national championship. Yeah. yeah. So their new, uh, their next game will be Tuesday uh, against Wofford. And Which Knox. isn't a pushover. No, it's not. And the thing is. I mean, Wofford is seven and four. <laughs> like they, they might lose, and I hope they don't. But the crowds for the Lady Vols this year have not been good. And well, why would it be? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go. I mean, there's a lot of what, the, the Lady Vols are turning into like the Carolina Panthers schedule. You know, like where the Panthers are like begging people to come in to their dude. Panthers tickets for today's game were forty five cents. 45 cents to go to a football game. 
Keep pounding, baby. Keep pounding. Yo, the the crowd was empty. Now I understand it was raining, but still, like there was nobody at this game. <laughs> yeah, it's sad, and I, I, it's really sad to see the Lady Vols at, at that level now, where they can't give away tickets right now. Um, hopefully, Kelly can get a win against Wofford, and then the last game they play is uh, Liberty on New Year's Eve. So. It'd be nice to get a little positive momentum going into conference play, but we'll see. They could turn it around. It's really early in the season. It's the same thing as the, the men's team. The men's team, you know, yeah, we lost three games, but it was against top 25 teams. And, you know, it's it's early in the season. They could turn it around. Hopefully, Rakia could get healthy, and I think Tennessee will be okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the hope is that Rakia turns stuff around, but Still gonna need to see more from Kelly to justify her job being safe. I don't. At this point, I feel like she's got to go to the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, it, it I would take I, a honestly, run for me. To, yeah, I, I, I agree. But, but yeah, there's not really much to talk about with the Lady Balls right now because everyone's just pissed at them. Yeah, yeah, it's a not been a fun season so far. So, but. Do y'all want to get into a little bit of the football news? We finally. Oh, you know me. I love this stuff. You know, it's. Vol Twitter's been a hellscape the last couple of weeks. Um, the world is ending. We spent all of our money on Nico. There was Which a couple a of, you know, a ton of brain dead takes like that. And then, you know, I was one of the people that wanted Justin Joe. I mean, everybody, this podcast is. Pro Justin Jolie as it gets, but I said I won't be mad that we, you know, turn Jolie away if we get Holden stays, and if we don't get Holden stays, it's going to look really stupid. But guess what? We got him. So the number one tight end in the transfer portal is coming to the Vols. I don't know how you can't be happy about that. So we'll see. Hopefully that makes people a little bit more calm. Um, what what do y'all think so far about we've got three three that are you know, locked up? Yeah, the other two being uh, Kobe Thomas, safety from Middle Tennessee State, and Jamal Wallace. Um, so just like you said, Bryce, this these past this past week and a half, two weeks, whatever, ever since the portal has been open, has seen a lot of of reaction, a lot of loathing, a lot of you know. I mean, it, it's just. This is the time of year for overreaction when it comes to college football. And I, I, I talked to you, Bryce, about it. I mean, just people thinking that the transfer portal is where you build your roster. It's not. That is where you supplement your roster. This isn't the, the make or break. And I think a lot of the efforts until this week were focused on keeping some of the players we already had. And now we're starting to see the some movement and getting transfers now and closing out on these – high school recruit. So I just, I'm glad that people are finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Like the, the coaching staff is not incompetent. They have a plan. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think people are way over their heads with these, with the Twitter takes, uh, you know, the portal really just opened and Tennessee is not throwing millions of dollars at these stars that are leaving their schools. They're leaving these schools for a reason. And it's just not right 
to take a kid that wants a million dollars for one year and for him to possibly get hurt or sit on the bench the whole year. When you have all these good high school kids coming in, I mean, Boo Carter, he's on campus. Mike Matthews, the five-star out of Georgia's on campus. Um, Braylon Staley's on campus now. I mean, Tennessee's got a lot of talent. A lot of people got spoiled by last year and expect Tennessee to be a, you know, 10 to 11 win team every year now. It's, you know, we play in the SEC people, you know, we play really good teams. It's it's going to it's going to be hard for Tennessee to stick with a lot of teams until they get, you know, up into the Josh Heupel's recruiting. So, we'll see. Well, and I mean, nothing that's happened so far this offseason, like, would make you think that we can't still be a 10-win team. I mean, Samson stayed, Nico stayed. It's not like we've lost a ton. Like, I don't think Slaughter, McDonald, and Barron are going to make a difference in the win-loss column, especially when you add in all the young guys that are going to get a chance. It's it, I don't know. I just don't like the defeatist attitude where it's like, we have to be spending money for mid players or else we're doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's just silliness. I mean, there's a reason people go into the transfer portal. It's either to chase a bag or you're not that good. Like that's the bottom line. And a lot of the teams that you see, you know, getting a bunch in the transfer portal, it's because their roster is horrendous. They have no choice but to do this. If they want to have any hope of being competitive. I mean, I think it's a good sign that we're not desperate in the portal and throwing around millions of dollars to every Tom, Dick, and Harry who has any interest in Tennessee at all. Like, this is in no way concerning to me. And two more players this week, two more huge names this week, decided to come back to Tennessee. Cooper Mays, Amari Thomas. Like, you went in the trenches, and, and they're coming back. Like, those are big veterans, like big, big time veterans. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you got to look at it. Like, you know, I mean, look at Peely. Peely's technically a transfer portal addition because he didn't get to do anything last year. So when you, when you factor in the guys that we're retaining, and you know, that's another thing, those guys cost money. That, like, I'm sure they obviously they all do want to be a part of the, the school, but they wouldn't have come back for free. I mean, all, all of these guys are getting something. So I think that's kind of lost on a lot of the fans as well, where, you know, the, a lot of our fans want these guys to come back, but they don't realize that, well, some of the NIL money is going to them. You know, it can't all go towards. And Cooper's getting a bag. Like, yeah. Cooper is our offense. And he deserves it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, there's no – like I am not against him coming back. He is our, our our offensive line has the potential of being the most veteran offensive line in all of college football next year, and that's a big big deal. Like you said, Ryan, that you win in the trenches, and that's going to be huge for Dylan Sampson to find holes to run through. Uh, awesome for Nico to have more time to throw. Uh, you know what what comes down to Tennessee being better is we got to be better on the play calling next year. Uh, the but I hope having Nico at the helm is gonna be is gonna open that playbook because we did not throw the ball down the middle of the field almost at all last year or this year, so it's gonna be interesting. 
Uh, Ryan, you've you mentioned it at, at some point. I think it was you. It was one of you two mentioned this that like just getting Nico in at quarterback will probably solve a lot of problems. Like, uh, I think it's that simple, really. I mean, we're not saying he's. You know, we we we've touched on the Joe Milton debate over and over, but just having a mobile quarterback that looks comfortable in Heupel's offense and you know can do a little bit more, I think will will make a huge difference. And it's another thing you have to factor in. I mean, we don't have the same quarterback, so who knows? I mean, it could look a lot better just just because of that. It could be like an addition by subtraction sort of thing. Um, For sure. I also don't blame, like, Slaughter, McDonald, Barron. I don't blame them for leaving. I mean, I don't think they should get a ton of hate or anything. I mean, they're doing what's best for them. They're getting a bag. And obviously, I think Jim and I spoke about this before we started recording. It's kind of like, you know, obviously Ole Miss and Arkansas, respectively, value those guys more than we do. They need them. They're probably going to play big roles for them. And obviously, Heupel is not too worried about losing the entire secondary. I'll just say that. I, from things I've heard, I don't think Heupel's losing any sleep over it. And Well, I think they were asked to leave, though. That's yeah. kind of what I'm saying. I, I, I can't confirm that, but I think Heupel told him, go ahead and get, get your money somewhere. Um, but – and that's another thing, though, is like – most of our fans didn't want to see them play anymore. So I don't know why people are acting mad now. Like everybody complained about our secondary other than Kamal. Everybody hated everybody in our secondary last year. So, I mean, you shouldn't really be upset if they're leaving. (laughs) Yeah. And I hate to tell people Willie Martinez is probably coming back. (laughs) I mean, something I I agree with you because don't you think they would have, I mean, maybe after the bowl game. Maybe. Lots of programs are, are making hires already, so you would think that they would have wanted to get a head start on that if they were going to get rid of him. He, the reason he's not uh, – this is my thought process, and I'm sure Ryan thinks the same way. The reason they're not going to get rid of him is because of the recruiting. A lot of ki- a lot of kids coming in now that – you know we have a couple four-stars coming in. The reason they're coming is the relationships they have with the coaches. And the DBs have a relationship with Willie Martinez. So if Willie Martinez leaves, it's going to be a different story. Some will stay, but some will go. So you got to think about it that way to where why they might not get rid of him. And don't hate me, people. I'm not saying I want him here. I'm just saying that's that's a reason on why they would keep him. Yeah, I certainly agree that that is probably the thought process in Josh Apple's mind, but I don't agree with the thought process. I mean, I, I think I said it a few weeks ago. If you're justifying keeping a coach based on recruiting, that's pretty silly because if the coach is terrible, what makes you think he's going to coach up the recruits that he has, you know, coming to campus or not? Like, I, I just don't I, – I don't, I don't get that. But, you know, it's just I, – I don't know if any, any of us really expected Apple to make a move like that, so – it's not too surprising to me that he might be back. I mean, and we're still looking out for that contract update because his contract is up. So we'll yeah. just have to wait and see. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Very interesting coming this off season. Um, Cause 
I don't see them giving him a one-year contract. I just don't see it. I think I think it'll be a multi. Not saying three, but I'll, it'll probably be a two-year contract if he gets one. Yeah. So, anyways, doesn't it kind of speak about? I mean, if if Hypel was okay with all of these defensive backs leaving, doesn't that kind of tell you like that Martinez hasn't done a very good job? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean. If, he, only... if Willie had developed them, then Hypo probably wouldn't have been okay with them all leaving. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing, though. It's like, like I wouldn't want him getting rid of, like, Ellerby if, you know, because our offensive line class is great. It's like if he if Ellerby was to leave, it, it would probably lose a couple of those guys. So it's like, I don't know. Uh, I think Willie Martinez needs to go, though. Yeah. So, uh, moving on a little bit here, guys. Uh, Jalen Wright officially declared for the NFL. Good for him. Yeah, I was just what I was gonna say. I, I wish him the best. And I, I think he'll he's gonna go and make an immediate impact somewhere. I hope he does. I I really do hope he kills it. I think um, he's a great kid. He gave yeah, all his he, all. He literally gave his all to Tennessee. So. Yeah. You want to talk about something that's good for recruiting is him going to the NFL and being a stud. Yeah. That would be incredible for recruiting. Well, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way. Like, don't hear what I'm not saying. I love Jalen Wright, but it's kind of like a best-case scenario for all involved because he gets to go to the NFL, get paid, and Dylan Sampson gets to be the workhorse. Yeah, if, if Jalen Wright stayed, I don't think Sampson would have. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's best best for all involved. Yeah, so um, Kamal uh Kamal Haddon, you know, he kinda broke my heart a little bit because Yeah, it was on accident though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he he got some bad intel. Um and you know, he's not gonna be coming back. He's entering the draft. He would have though. If it was his choice, yes, he would be back in Neyland for one more season. Um, which sucks, but, you know, I hope he did enough. I think he put out some very good tape this year. I think that he will get a chance in the NFL. I'm not sure if he'll get drafted or how high, but I do think he'll get a chance, and obviously I wish nothing but the best for him. Um, A lot of the discourse around him hasn't been the most positive, but I think he ended on a very positive note, and uh, he'll definitely be missed. Yeah, I mean, he turned into a true lockdown corner through the, the first seven games of the season, and, and it was incredible to see. I mean, the, the career arc of Kamal Haddon is one of the more incredible things. I mean, start, starting at Independence, going to Auburn for a few months, and then whatever happened there and transferring to Tennessee in the summer of 21, and then growing into the player he became. And I wish him nothing but the best because he – I think he's he's a really likable player. I mean, he kind of represents our fan base in the way he plays. No matter if you're doing bad or not, we're we're gonna come out fighting. No. <laughs> well, anything else y'all want to get to tonight? We got went over the basketball. Um, we're kind of in a slow period with basketball right now, and then obviously after New Year's, it'll pick up. 
Um, and then football, obviously, you know, anything else big comes out in the transfer portal, we'll do some emergency pod stuff. But what do y'all think? I think yeah. uh, the Vols basketball team is starting to get into rhythm. I think if we could get Ganey back to his his form at the beginning of the season, uh, I think this team is it could make a very deep run. It, it just needs their you know sixth, seventh, and eighth men to be not what they're at right now. And I think this team will be completely fine. And I'm very excited for conference play. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's it's a good thing that you're really not clicking yet. The the entire you know the entire people that play aren't really doing everything they can yet, and you're still winning games. I mean, because what would be the point of clicking on all, all cylinders in December? So you know, just they need to grow into their roles and get better and better, and hope hope you're at your peak in March. Yep, and uh, I think Ganey will come back around. Shooters go through streaks. He's a streaky shooter, but, you know, he'll be – I think he'll be there when we need him. So, yeah. overall, not a bad week. I wouldn't – I would say it's a pretty good week. Basketballs get another win. The Lady Vols got a win last Sunday. And a couple recruits come via the portal. And we find a couple guys that are returning – to the football team that we didn't necessarily think would. So I think there's a lot to be happy about in Rocky Top right now. So, Well, I think I think the haters will be a lot happier at the end of this week. Oh, yeah. There's um, there's some stuff in the – we're not going to talk about it yet, but there, there, there's some good rumblings coming out of town. And uh, also, I wanted to tell everybody, so tomorrow – Tuesday, Tuesday night, we will be recording a very special episode and it'll probably go up Wednesday or Thursday. So you won't want to miss that one. That that's, we're very excited about that one. Absolutely. Um, I haven't been more excited for a podcast <laughs> until this Tuesday. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. It'll be a doozy. But other than that, I think that's all we got for today. Um, fun one and i'm very uh excited again for this basketball team season and uh we'll, we'll hop off here and we'll we're about to go watch some um sunday night football go balls baby go balls go balls <laughs>